Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is John Neppel with Polly Bleeker from the movie Juno. Oh, not Polly Bleeker. Deacon Mike. Deacon Mike, and this is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Thank you. Welcome. Good to be here. How are you doing? John, I would be doing better if... People weren't calling me Polly Bleeker these days. The hair, the hair has grown out, and you look like the guy. What's the, what's the actor's name? Michael Sarah, I think. Michael Sarah. Well, here's the problem: people get excited when they hear that they look like someone in Hollywood, but not but not for Michael Sarah. Yeah. Who wants to? He's kind of goofy and awkward. <laughs> now, and the pro, the worst part is, I feel like I'm becoming Michael Sarah with all these accusations. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I I feel like I'm still in middle school because I'm currently in a fight. Uh, with my cold sore over who will have dominion of my face, and the cold sore is winning. So. It, it definitely is winning. So, I've been watching that cold sore for days. Oh, it's gross. So uh, neither of us are ever going to really grow up, I guess. So Or grow a beard. Or grow a beard, absolutely. Hey, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about eutropalia. eutropalia. You want to hear about eutropalia? Tell me about eutropalia. Okay, eutropalia is a virtue... Um, one of the old Greek virtues okay. that uh, Aristotle mentions in his Nicomachean Ethics, a famous piece of philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so a virtue is a good habit. It's okay. doing doing something well, repeatedly, and uh, it's a mean between two extremes. So with eutropalia, which is the virtue of good humor. Good humor, I like that. Okay, so just let me recap real quick. A, a virtue is a good habit. We right. think of like prudence would be a, or uh, or love or hope. Right? Sure. Those are theological yep. virtues. A lot of... But justice um, and fortitude, Actions temperance, would, we would ascribe to a good man. Okay, so these are the things that good. These are the habits of good people. Or good, exactly. Okay, gotcha. And eutropalia is a specific virtue of of good humor. Good humor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's funniness. Funniness. So when we see when we look at a funny person, Aristotle says that we see the mean between buffoonery and boorishness so Mm. you're not a boring person and neither are you a clown you're not a buffoon and you're not a bore let me read a quote for for you it says those then who go to excess in ridicule are thought to be buffoons and vulgar fellows (laughs) who itch to have their joke at all costs and are more concerned to raise a laugh than to keep within the bounds of decorum and avoid giving pain to the object of their raillery so it's the people who just push it too far they're funny, but they just take the humor always, and just push yeah, it always yeah. off the cliff. Always, over and it the turns edge. up insulting everybody right. or disgusting everybody. Right, right. They're not funny anymore, right. right? You've met those people. Right. Okay, those on the other hand who never by any chance say anything funny themselves and take offense at those who do are considered boorish and morose. Boorish and morose. You know, a lot of times I think the world looks at Christians and they say. They're all boorish and morose. They're all boring. They have to be serious and moral now because uh, they have to follow Christ, and that means just not be funny and not do cool things or whatever. I don't know. That, right. It seems to me to be that's the character. But you're saying that's not the case. Yeah, and the other problem I have, which I think, at least to me, is worse, is if Christians are funny just to try to convert people. Uh, yeah. It's like a tool. Like, yeah. hey, look how funny I am, and I'm Christian. <laughs> I'm really funny, too. And, like... Look how great I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, people like funny people. And uh, so we, we admire that. And so I don't like when people use it, nor do I like when people are 
just boring. So and as Christians, we, we don't lose our humanity. We still remain humans, and so we have to become good humans, which means virtuous, which means eutropalia, right? Yeah, eutropalia. And here, here I'm reading a book, John, that's by a guy, a theologian named Hugo Rahner. Okay. And he's been reading Thomas Aquinas, old St. Thomas Aquinas. Today's his feast day. Good old St. Thomas uh, pray Aquinas. Pray for us. Yep. So Thomas Aquinas thinks that only the Christian can be truly funny in this way, in this vir- really exercise the virtue of eutropalia, huh. the good balance between being boring and never finding anything funny and um, laughing at everything. So not only is the Christian not the bore, right, not the morose person, but it, in Christianity is the key to that balance, that truly good humor, that true funniness. funniness? Yeah, that's oh, right. Interesting. And let me tell you about that key because maybe your experience has been uh, a lot with the extremes and not right. really with the funny guy. Right. Okay, so Thomas Aquinas says that it's possible for us to be funny and to have fun truly because our lives, when we look at God and we come to know that he is perfect in himself, so God is an eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existing on their own, and out of the goodness of their own being, they created the world. So this, this we've come to know in Christ. The Christian knows this, this, this truth and professes this in, in our creed. And he says, because of that, we can say God being perfect and creation being the, an offspring means that creation is not necessary. Right. God is perfect before we ever exist. So God did not have to create the world. God did not have to create the world. God did not have to create that couch. God did not have to create me. And here's the trick. See, because I... Since I'm not necessary, the world doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around God. I can laugh at things. Right. I can laugh even at my own life. Right. Because it's dust, uh, and to dust it will return. So my cold sore is not the center of the universe, but God actually is. It doesn't actually matter that much. It feels like the it's center of the universe. It's going to go away. It's going to go away either soon, hopefully not, for my own humor. <laughs> I get to laugh at it for a while. Um, but at least you're going to die someday and your body's going to fall apart and you right. won't have a cold sore. There you go. There and you go. and you won't care then, uh, care just that. like you shouldn't care now. I, oh, of See? course I don't care. Okay, so you're not necessary. <laughs> I'm not necessary. Now, why don't we just laugh at everything? Why don't I just give up and start joking about everything. Because Why does it matter if, if I even offend you with my jokes? Well, there's still suffering and pain and misery and there's difficulty in life. So it seems like if now we just laugh because, oh, I'm not in control. It seems like too cynical almost. Right. Well, see, and, and the problem is with the suffering and with all the loss, what you're noticing is that life matters. Right. There is something that really does matter. Neither am I necessary, nor is my life totally irrelevant. And this is where Christ comes in. St. Thomas says it's only because Jesus Christ, God, has become man and will confront me, will meet me in my life and call me to do something, to be something. Uh, He will take his life in, in, take my life into his own. That gives me real uh, meaning, meaningfulness. It gives real meaning to my life. Okay. So we have, we're not necessary. Creation's not necessary, but 
because Christ brings meaning to our life and to our actions, it is significant. So it puts us right in the middle between the two extremes, right? Right. So you, you do, in, in a way, in the ultimate scheme of things, you don't matter or you don't have to matter. Right. But Christ invites you to matter. So your life could be meaningful. So you don't have to take everything seriously. And you also do need to take everything seriously. Right. So uh, you, we have this balance that Christ offers that no one else can have unless you understand who God is because of the revelation of Jesus. Right. So we can laugh. We can laugh in a way that others can't. Just like God does in the Psalms. Why don't you read uh, Psalm 2, Why don't I? verse 4. When God looks, this is, this is describing when God looks down on the earth and he sees all these kings and important people and people who take themselves really seriously right. um, trying to conquer the world all the time. Okay, here we go. Psalm 2. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Yeah. Jesus is king. Everybody else is pretending. I am pretending. If I try to make my own life matter without Jesus, then I, then God is in the heavens laughing me to scorn. Okay, so practical point real quick. If you're a Christian and you take things too seriously and you're a bore, then you got to realize you're not necessary and... God doesn't need you. He created you out of love. But if you're laughing at everything and you're not taking things seriously enough, then you've got to realize, i got to get to know Christ more and allow him to bring more meaning to my life. Exactly. Yeah, Sweet. when you meet Jesus, you're meeting God who takes everything extremely seriously and hardly seriously at all. He can laugh at everything, and he can also make everything depend on, on the same things. Very good. That's why okay, I want to give you one more little point, little pointer from the history of the church. Okay. Well, this is Catholic stuff you should know about Eutropalia and the analogy of being. Right. But also the Rhesus Pascalis. You ever heard of that? No. The Rhesus Pascalis is a tradition from the Baroque time of the church. Which is what? When? Oh, I'm not even sure. 16th All I know is, century, probably. Okay, you're the historian. Well, it's post-Reformation, so. Right. Okay, I should right, ask questions right after I the answer to. Reformation. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, that was rhetorical. <laughs> okay, anyway, you, during the Baroque period, every homily had to include a joke during the Easter season. So dur- because it's a time of joy, the preacher had to, had to throw out a joke so that the people are laughing and not taking things too, too terribly serious. Laughter has a, had a place liturgically. Now, most of the time when you go to the parish, the the priest spends his whole time trying to make you laugh. <laughs> right. And uh, there's obviously a balance for the, right. for the funny man right. the, uh, in Eutropalia. But there was, a whole, there was a whole time in the church when you had to tell a joke. That's good. That's really good. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. A yeah. funny, funny church? Yeah, well, when you're giving homilies, save it to one joke, though. Not too many. Though. Well, my face looks like a joke right now. <laughs> my huge hair. 